0: Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasno. Okay, we're experimenting with something new on the show this week. As many of you know, Commune is not just a podcast, but it's also a course platform that features a huge breadth of thought leaders, authors, teachers, and increasingly more and more functional and integrative medicine doctors. The course library on onecommune.com now contains hundreds of programs spanning personal growth, meditation, spirituality, functional medicine, nutrition, and social impact. I think of it as all of the different components that inform holistic well-being. Now, One particularly popular program is Russell Brand's course on recovery, in which Russell creatively and occasionally profanely adapts the 12-step system into a comprehensive tool for living a more examined, healthier, and spiritually engaged life. Now there's an assumption that 12 step recovery is for addicts and alcoholics. And that's true. That's indeed how Russell found his way to the 12 steps. But as Russell will soon demonstrate in this course, it is also an effective and protein tool for untangling yourself from life's more insidious addictions and attachments, including unhealthy relationships to work or social media or sex or gambling or food or sugar or pornography or codependency. In the past, we have published individual lessons from courses like Russell's here on the podcast, but today we're trying something new, as I mentioned. So over the next six days, we will be releasing the first six parts of Russell's 12 part series. If you want to watch the full video version of the course, including a variety of bonus lessons and worksheets, then I encourage you to go to onecommune.com recovery and sign up for a free trial of Commune membership. That's onecommune.com recovery. There you can sign up for 14 days of free all access to Commune's entire course library and enjoy the full length version of Russell's course on recovery. We will always email you before your free trial is up. But if you continue on to become a Commune member, well, thank you. Our members are really the reason we are able to create and share content like this. And if you regularly tune into this show, well, I ask that you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your favorite podcatcher and tap follow show. And leave us a review if you're so inclined to show your support. It really does make a huge difference. Okay. On with the show. Enjoy this excerpt from Russell Brand's Commune course on recovery.
1: Step two in the original form is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. There's a lot to unpack in there, really. Firstly, the idea that we are acknowledging that our behaviour has been insane. Secondly, that there is a power greater than ourselves. That's an interesting thing to address. Because often, unconsciously, while we're embedded in our problem, we're accepting and inhabiting this kind of odd negative omnipotence. I'm worthless, I'm a terrible person, my life is a mess, and yet somehow I'm the ultimate authority in my own life, unable to conceive even of a power greater than myself completely consumed by selfishness, completely consumed by self-centeredness. This is where the 12-step program again aligns with spiritual ideas that are uh, much older and much more mysterious and in some senses allude to a potency that's here used in a very practical way, a power greater than ourselves, the acknowledgement that I am not the summit of all power. It's the teasing of the notion that there's somewhere to go, that there's somewhere to get to. Now, when I reinterpret the steps, step two for me was, could you not be fucked? Is is this all that there is? Are you doomed, Cain-like to wander the world, fucked for all eternity, cast out of Eden in your fuckness? But in the more uh, traditional version of step two, the evocation of a power greater than yourself is a beautiful and powerful thing. You know, it can be and for me is the idea of God, of ultimate power, of omnipotence, of ultimate grace. But more practicably, Someone said to me, and it's worth acknowledging at this point that everything I've got to say that's of any value was once said to me by someone else, and the stuff that sounds crazy, I'm probably improvising. Someone said to me, all this power has to do that's greater than yourself is move you from drinking all the time to not drinking all the time. Can you see people that are using this programme to not drink all the time? Have you met people that used to take drugs every day, continually, and now one day at a time never take drugs? Well, now, 16 and a half years into working this program around substance misuse, I am one of those people. I used to drink and take drugs every single day but some, somehow something happened on December the 13th 2002 that meant that from that day onward, one day at a time, I didn't need to drink or take drugs. Now I apply this program in numerous areas of my life and every time I use it, It works. It's kind of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu works. If it's not working for you, you're not fucking doing it properly. The results are in on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It works. It's the same with the 12-step program. If it's not working, you're not working it properly. Step two is about hope. Whether it's hope that you can change substance misuse, hope that you can change the way that you treat your partner, whatever it is, it's inviting and accepting the possibility of change that there is a power that can change you from a person that drinks and takes drugs to a person who doesn't drink and take drugs to a person who's obsessed about what other people think of you and don't feel good enough unless you get continual approval to a person who can quite happily live without that and here is another key component one day at a time none of us can ever attack the glacial edifice of forever it's too much for us, not to mention it's an abstract concept. You will never be living the whole rest of your life in one particular moment. You will be living your life in tiny bite-sized chunks unless, like me, you occasionally try to inhabit the imaginary projection of forever, an unbearable place to be, an unlovely safari to find yourself in in your own mind. A power greater than myself has restored me to sanity. A power greater than myself can continually take me out of my madness and deposit me once again in a kind of simple comfort. It is possible for me to not be fucked. I've seen people that are terrible drug addicts stop taking drugs. I've seen people that are obsessed with themselves and obsessed with sex. Any of the numerous manifestation of the condition of addiction or attachment or whatever you want to call it, can be addressed by using this program. So, step two, came to believe that a power, greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. There is a power greater than ourselves. We are insane. It's possible for us to change. It's a step that's based on hope. On your worksheets, you'll see that the first question is Do I need to change? In a sense, that's a reiteration of the step one principle just to really goad you over the line there, just in case you've already taken step one, you've taken a deep breath, you've shut your eyes, and you've already gone, oh, fuck it, no, I don't need to change, I wanna plow on. If you recognize that you need to change, that you want to change, that you've accepted that change is necessary, we're now creating the conditions for change to take place. The second question, do I accept that change means that I have to think and act differently? It's quite a difficult proposal to accept because I often want, when I say that, you know, often when I'm challenged by something, when I've acknowledged that I've got a problem, really what I want is my outer life to confer, conform to my wishes. I don't want to act differently. I don't want to think differently. But this program makes clear that I have a kind of personal authority and autonomy and that the responsibility for change lies with me. I will have to start doing things that I haven't previously done. I will have to stop doing things that I've previously been doing. It's a difficult thing to embrace. So when I notice myself thinking the same thoughts, like, oh, I want to look at my phone straight away. I want to see if there's been, you know, an email from another nation verifying me, showering me with digital self-validation. I have to think differently. I have to go, no, I've taken step one around looking at my phone at something I'm powerless over and that made my life unmanageable. I don't want to do that anymore. Now I've come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, that it's not necessary, that I don't live in a universe without options or choices, that this is just the standard, that for me every day has to be the relentless march of glancing at the phone. I now recognise it's possible to not do that. So. I have to think and act differently. I have to move from a state where I'm dependent on that behavior to a state where I welcome the terrifying abyss of not knowing. You know, in a sense, all addiction and repeated behaviors is an attempt to provide a kind of regulation, a sort of self-evoked parentheses to hold me in the horror of this world, in a world that doesn't provide us with enough structures and systems and comforts. When someone said to me once, well done you, how clever of you to become a heroin addict, how you found a way out. You've found a way of dealing with your feelings. In a sense, any of us that have got some behaviour that's no longer working for us should be applauded for at least attempting to make life manageable. But the problem is, as we learned in step one, that behaviour is no longer working. It has to be arrested. It has to be addressed. Now, we tentatively, somewhat timidly, Embark on a journey of hope. It's pretty frightening. It's frightening to be a drug addict and put down drugs. It's frightening to be a codependent person and say, No, I'm going to relate to my partner differently now. These, these, changes mean that you are confronted by the fear that you were trying to avoid by indulging in that behaviour in the first place. That's why something as seemingly parochial and mundane as not looking at my phone, for me, can be a sort of, like, slices open the intestines of my self-obsession and dread of the world. Suddenly, here I am, eviscerated, confronted with, oh my god, the reason you were looking at your phone is because you can't bear to be you. The reason you're massive. Debating is because you can't bear to be you. The reason you're thinking, if I get that rise, if I get that job, if I make that movie, oh, it's because you can't bear to be you. And there's a reason that you can't bear to be you. And that's because there is no you. The entire thing is a construct made up of biochemical drives and memory. Not that you're not a unique and wonderful human individual as unique as your own fingerprint. Of course you are. The whole point of 12-step recovery is to recover the person you're intended to be. That assumes that there was an innate teleology that you were embarking upon as surely as a seed becomes a tree. No one would question that ordinary miracle that encapsulated there within the acorn is the miracle of the mighty oak. None of us questions that and few oak trees in their adolescent sapling stage have some overbearing father or negligent mother barking at them that they're too fat or they're not good enough or they'll never be as good as their brother tree. The journey of recovery step two in particular, takes you back to a place where you recognise that you were going somewhere, that there is a better version of you. This is the beauty and the optimism of this programme, that you are not worthless, that your own belief that you are worthless is as much as an, an illusion that you could make yourself happy with a life of endless Ferraris and blowjobs. We know that's an illusion now, particularly if you're a fragile and awkward driver such as myself, I struggle anyway, even when I'm trying to stay bang on that highway Code. A few twitches in the region of the groin is the last thing I need. Straight into the crash barriers. Step two is about hope. It's about positivity. It's the acceptance that there is a better you waiting to be born. Part of step two is having a conception of a higher power. That might be difficult for you because your previous experiences with God and religion and spirituality might have been negative. You might have experienced so much pain and trauma and suffering in your life that the idea of believing in God now seems sort of naive and superstitious. And there's been times in my life that I've thought that, you know, that religion is for sort of crazy white people and, fragile mad frantic brown people religion gets bad pr the only time you encounter religion these days is someone has committed some atrocity or someone's not letting someone else do what they want in a bedroom or a clinic you know but this is not the religion or the spirituality that we're dealing with here this is re- this is spirituality as you understand it a power greater than yourself as you understand it this for me is not an opportunity to be glib you shouldn't be like nominating some ridiculous abstract caricature of God or some sort of simple, obvious, dumb deity. Oh, well, could a power greater than myself just be this statue? No, it's, for me, this conception of God, this invitation to believe in a power greater than yourself, it can be very um, humbling because it's, it felt to me like a return to a sort of innocence You know, like most cynics and sceptics are wounded, it's hard to once again open your heart, particularly if you've just let go of a behaviour or a substance that was holding your life together and stripped of that carapace, you're now being invited to open your mind to the possibility of a power greater than yourself. The important thing, of course, is it's not being prescribed to you. It's not some austere, patriarchal figure. It's not some hand-me-down deity from a culture that doesn't love you. It's simply a personal willingness to accept or even inquire into the idea of a better version of yourself of a way out, of a way out of the synaptic code, the neurological trap that you've been inhabiting that's no longer working for you. If that's, that could be something as disposable as I wanna change the way I use the phone. It could be something as life altering as I can't continue to drink or take drugs. Whether it's an overtly radical change or a small change as you continue your journey of self-improvement, step two is a necessity. And an understanding and an acceptance of a power greater than yourself is a necessary component, but consider the alternative. But there is no power greater than yourself. Isn't that even more crazy that you've already fully inhabited all possibility? The sort of narcissistic whiplash of that that this is the only you that you could ever be. That's more insane than the idea that there is a better you waiting for you to arrive. Step two, like much of the 12-step program, is a very broad spectrum. You could approach it with deep esotericism. You could spend time now contemplating the nature of God the nature of being, the nature of consciousness, the possibility of migrating from one aspect of yourself to another. The idea that you may already be a kind of shell, that the pain, the call to arms that you felt and acknowledged in step one was merely the commencement of a metamorphosis for we know don't we that the caterpillar don't merely sprout antenna and wings in that pupae not pupae not some fecal pastry no in the cocoon <laughs> that the caterpillar deconstitutes entirely becomes as liquid that there is a kind of death of the old self for metamorphoses to take place step 2 is about hope, just a gentle acceptance of fragile hope. Do these worksheets, complete the step two worksheet, and then spend a moment reflecting on the gentle possibility that you can become a different version of yourself, that you needn't continually be occupied by the thoughts that you've had, that you are more than a vessel for concepts and ideas particularly if these concepts and ideas are painful for you. Step two is embarking on this journey with hope, with optimism, with the fragile belief that you may be beautiful, that there may be a wonderful life for you, that you needn't live in the tethered misery of post-enlightenment rationalism, if I may be so bold. We are born, we are material, we die, we live in a bag of skin, we are organs functioning in some delicate inner ballet that will one day necessarily end. What is behind this cosmology? What is behind it? How is the material world suspended, held, continuing? Is there a way that we can access it through ritual, through prayer, through practice, All we need to do is invite these possibilities into our mind to let the drawbridge down, to allow yourself to be bare to hopes, to dare to feel, to look for a moment beyond the fear of self-prohibiting belief and to accept that there is another way. This is where this program will take you. Spend a moment believing that it is possible for you to change. Then you will be ready to do step three.
0: Thank you for listening to this excerpt from Russell Brand's Commune course on recovery. Now, if you want to watch the full video version of this course, including a variety of bonus lessons and worksheets, well, I encourage you to go to onecommune.com recovery and sign up for a free trial of Commune membership. That's onecommune.com recovery. There you can sign up for 14 days of free all access to Commune's course library and enjoy the full length version of Russell's course on recovery. Of course, feel free to email me with any suggestions or criticism of the constructive variety at jeffk at onecommune.com. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you.